This is exactly right. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, seriously. We got all dressed up for you. (laughs) Yeah, I got super dressed up for you. Look at this haunted theater. We got this theater dressed up for you. We're haunting this theater for you. (laughs) (laughs) This is, look at this. I know. There's like crazy statues and shit. I know. What if that one came to life? It was one of those fake statues and she was like, (laughs) wouldn't that be funny? I grab you. (laughs) Then I get pulled in. Now I'm cement. I have to stay here for 500 years. Oh my God. Oh my God. I would love that. (laughs) So many good shows coming up here. I get to watch all of them from the side. It's your dream come true. I apologize for my outfit, everybody. I've done it again. You look great. (laughs) Your nails look great. That's right. Let's focus on the nails. I, um... Thanks. It's a metallic Sally Hansen. Anyway. Anyway. Tell them about it. I had to... I, uh, they're, they're taping more episodes of, of Guy Branham's talk show, The Game Show, which is a show that I do. Thank you, 75 people. And <laughs> so we had to tape them all the way up until last night, and then I got on a red eye. That with ha- a layover. With a layover. <laughs> I know. Don't worry, she was in first class. <laughs> Before you feel too bad for her. No complaints, no complaints. But... <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, when I went to leave the hotel room, I had like ch- actually dress choices. I was doing all these things. And then, of course, couldn't find my tights. <sighs> so anyway, also the conditioner at our hotel is cilantro scented. <laughs> and that's why my hair looks like this, uh, because I don't fucking like cilantro. Oh, that's right. She hates cilantro, but also, why the fuck would anyone want, like, anything that smells like cilantro? I like cilantro, and I don't want my fucking hair to smell like cilantro. In your hair? What? It's, like, not even one of those things where they list, like, here are good things for your hair, like, jojoba, and blah, 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 and cilantro. Cilantro. If you want your hair to smell like old guacamole, get over here. Get over here. I was like, fuck this. And I put it outside the shower. Then I was in the shower like, I should have brought the cilantro conditioner with me. <laughs> so anyway, we're, we're just going for it. Yeah. It's my new look. It's my new look. Thank you. It's my new look. Um, oh, you guys. Okay. <laughs> Vince told us on the way over a story. Oh, oh here's from Lakeland. <laughs> Lakeland? Lakeland? 
do you guys know that last week or something, recently, someone, someone in your town on a horse got a DUI? What the fuck? I feel, I feel bad for the horse. Uh, what if it's the horse that was drunk? <gasps> oh, uh, that'd be cute. She's on the horse and she's like, I'm so sorry about my pet. <laughs> she just loves beer so much. She does this. I was only in CVS for 20 minutes and she just, <laughs> I think she brought a flask, a horse flask. And, but Tampa, you guys were like, we're gonna one-up you. You guys brought a fucking active serial killer. Guys. Wow. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> it, you shouldn't have. You truly, you really? shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, that's scary. George was like, yeah, so should we still go to Tampa? <laughs> this was like two or three weeks ago or whatever. I'm like, they'll fix it by then. Don't worry. They'll fix it. Fix you it haven't. You haven't fixed it yet for us. <sighs> So, but voice, uh, Vince, did, voice, Vince did point out. He goes, but if while you were here, you guys got him, it would be pretty legendary. <laughs> we're like, so we go, we go apprehend. Here's what we do, yeah, yeah. We put on a hoodie. <laughs> no, it's terrifying. It's fucking terrifying. It's crazy, you guys. Florida. I thought this was what do they call it? The safest place in the world? No. <laughs> No, they do not. <laughs> this is one of those cities where when we, or states really, when like in Madison, Wisconsin, I was like, I can't find a murder to do. There's so few. And then we were going to Tampa and it's like, uh-huh. Yep. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. We're doing I just started looking like three hours ago and I was just like, hmm, my choice of everything. Okay. Plus an active serial yes. killer. And in addition, both. Yeah. The last time I was here... <laughs> love it. It's just so fucking crazy. I know. It's like, we, we do a thing where we're like, we like true crime and we're going to talk about it. And then it's like, it exists in the world. Yeah. It's a real thing. People experience it on a date. Oh, yeah. He could be here tonight. <laughs> Look around you. <laughs> Did you say Steven? I said, don't say that, but Steven. Steven. Cut. <laughs> He's not here. He's not here, and and actually, I know it's heartbreaking. Actually, we've never seen Steven uh, in the same room as the active Tampa serial killer. I'm just saying. Oh my God. I'm just saying, consider all your options. Vince, we solved it. <laughs> Vince, Vince, we did it. We Vince, nailed it. Vince keeps saying this, this phrase. He can't stop saying smothered and covered. <laughs> because the moment we realized we have a, you guys have a waffle house. Yes. Here? I, I've never been. I know. Have I, you? I went, <laughs> I was there at one, in night, in the, New Year's Eve at 1 a.m. in Tampa, probably right over here. It was the most depressing, scary place I've ever been in my life. Was that back when you were dating Pitbull? <laughs> yeah. You know me and Pitbull when yeah. I was in high school? He would take you all around to the, all the waffle houses you wanted to go to? It was insane. I, I was sad. <laughs> but this time, it's going to be incredible. We're going to be smothered and covered, everybody. Yeah. Apparently. So you get like waffles or whatever? 
Yeah. Just, just get a stack just get, of waffles. Just get some wa- stack of waffles. <gasps> you, stacking waffles like pancakes is the best <gasps> idea I've ever had. That's incredible. Um, also, oh. <laughs> no, so, let's stay on the stack of waffles for a while. <laughs> Let's talk about it. I'm out of my mind right now. Is it because you took a red eye? And I think so. I drank too much coffee, so we're in a good place right this now. This is going to be fucking fun. Oh, by the way, oh. this is my favorite murder. Uh, Thank you. We didn't. That's Karen Kilgara. That's Georgia Hartstart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We... We got a fucking box full of a bunch of different kinds of Girl Scout cookies backstage. Yeah. Can you fucking even deal with it? <laughs> we couldn't. Karen immediately grabbed the... What's the ones you like? Dosey Dose. Yeah. yeah. They're was, very 80s, but I love them. Right. Yeah. And I grabbed the Samoas because I'm not... Dosey does. You can have those. I guess I can have them. <laughs> I, I'm the kind of person that would pick a uh, like a dessert item less people like, so I can have more of it. Oh. That's my thing. Where I'm like, I don't care. I like them. Just no one will touch mine. No one's gonna be like, can I try one of those? Nope. <laughs> no one's. I don't want to try one. People are like, that looks like some kind of a fiber cookie. You can <laughs> you can have that. You can have that Girl Scout fiber cookie all to mm. yourself. Yeah, that's your thing. Meanwhile, well, what are Samoas are like? They basically are like a Twix from Hawaii. That's just, exactly right. Right? Yeah. They're going for it. Oh my God, a Hawaiian Twix. Right. Everything I want. Um, so the girl, the woman who gave them to us, her name is Alice. Thank Alice. you, Alice. Are you here? She's scared. There she is. <laughs> she is fucking. This one, one. <laughs> She's currently being killed by the Tampa serial killer. Her friend wouldn't even be like, right here. Sure, your friend sucks. No. No. Alice, I'm sure you have lovely friends. Alice, stop she it. Said, uh, she said, um, my love for true crime started when I was a kid. In eighth grade, I wanted to be a forensic pathologist. And then her, for her research science project, she witnessed autopsies and interviewed a pathologist. How cool is that? And, and that was in eighth grade? Eighth grade. Fucking, so you're 13, you're the, like puberty has just kicked in, yeah. and you're like, let's see some dead bodies. <laughs> That's how I'm going to deal with this horror show of for life. For most people, I think most normal people, so nobody here, including <laughs> us, Inclu- mostly us, would be like, well, I'm not going to eat something that that crazy person just gave me. And I'm like, oh, let's eat all these girls, yeah. cookies, that girls, and be best friends with her and so she um she went and in high school she interned assisting with autopsies and worked with a pathologist to id does by cross-referencing them with missing persons reports so she's like an original web sleuth person it's the best in high school i stole the varsity letterman jacket of the guy i liked put it on got into a car and locked the door and wouldn't get out <laughs> so same thing so there's all these different ways to deal with being in high school. But, <laughs> uh, you know, some people, some, uh, you know, we're all heroes. That's what I'm our, saying. In our own way. In our own way. We're all heroes. So we picked out the le- our least favorite Girl Scout cookie box. And, and you guys can have some. Here, yeah. pass these out around. Go ahead. Thank yeah. you. You represent the audience now. Just don't be, don't eat them loudly. No, you have to pass them around. Yeah. You know, she Open holds them up. over her head like, yes, I won. <laughs> I won the lemon Girl Scout cookie contest. 
Alice, thank you so much. Thank you, Alice. She works for the Girl Scouts now, which is fucking yeah. awesome. She transitioned out of dead people, and now she works for the Girl Scouts. Helping girls. That's so rad. She's so much better than us. <laughs> what are you going to do? It's all a contest. <laughs> um, did you see, speaking of holding it up overhead, did you guys watch the baseball thing, the series? Some fucking dude grabbed, this girl caught the, a baseball at yes. the World Series. Dude grabs it out of her hand, throws it back. Well, I know. <laughs> it's a thing. Here's, here's what I loved about it, though. He, he actually, right, he grabbed it out of her husband's hand, right? Because oh. she, he, she was like, yay. And then her husband's like, look at this, and turns to his friend. And that guy, <gasps> if you watch the clip, his eyes are so wide with crazed <laughs> rage. He's like, we do not keep those. Uh-uh. It was like the weirdest look on a person's face I've ever seen. Uh. His eyelids were not touching his irises at all. He was just like baseball rage. You know, the wife was like, I guess we have an extra ticket. Terry, yes, your best friend Terry can come. I don't, you know, I don't like being around him, but this is exciting. Maybe we'll, you know, we'll bond over. Just don't make me sit next to him and we're not going out after and it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Terry can be there. That's fine. Terry can come. And then hopefully my dream of catching a foul ball will come true. From the other team, even (laughs) though we're at a different stadium. Still, it's a, it's a wide, wild dream. It'll never happen. I know. And then, Terry, good old fucking Fucking Terry. Terry. What a dick. There's a reason he didn't have a wife there. Is he here tonight? Terry, are you here tonight? Terry's longest relationship is three months. You know those guys? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Making Um, fun of people. We do. What else about baseball? (laughs) Hey, oh, our rug's here. Oh, good. Yeah, the rug that we wove. We made this. We made this. We made this. Our grandmas started it. We finished it. This is from the new line of My Favorite Murder Rugs. You can order them on... <laughs> it actually could be. Really. My Favorite <laughs> My favorite Murder Rugs? No, I mean... Georgia is such a mogul. She's just like, we can make rugs. Is that your All dream? Right. Let's make that dream come yes. true. It's happening. It's not very financially responsible. No, it doesn't make a ton of sense. I'm doing it. But at least one person would be like, you guys, I've always wanted a murder rug. (laughs) Good. Here you go. If we did murder rugs, it could just be like uh, cutouts of beige carpet that look like a crime scene. That's such a... Hold on. No one steal that. This is being recorded. It's our idea. It's being recorded. That Steven, and stacked up waffles. Stephen is we, at this very moment listening at home, uh, trademarking this sending idea. Sending it into the copyright company. Yeah. He's only doing one hand, though, because his other is stroking his mustache. <laughs> mm, this is a good idea. Yeah. Imagine if you're walking through like the rug section in Ikea, and you're like, mm, floral, oh, classic Indian. Oh, what's this? Oh, human fluids? Okay. <laughs> it's a look. It's Just a certain look. Abnormally cut with a fucking razor blade. Yes. Pull it up, and it also has the, like, padding on the back that the blood soaked through. Oh. Come on, guys. Think about all Listen, the horrible all shit you've you. seen. We should, this is a good time to tell the people who don't know what this podcast is. Oh, shoot. It's very much a true crime podcast. With comedy elements. People don't, some people don't like it. <laughs> Super sorry. It's not for everyone. No. And yeah. some of you might even be here tonight. 
Some of those everyone's might be here tonight. Yeah. What if we looked up and there's just a troop of Girl Scouts sitting right there? Crying. Like, don't not we're joking about the rug. <laughs> Get those girls out of here. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, so that's what this is. Should we sit down? I think we okay. should. Yeah, it's time. Look at these gorgeous things. Like brand new director's chairs. You do this. You do that. Do that. I'm a director. <laughs> that's right. That we got to get you a bullhorn. Is that how it works? Yes, that's exactly how Francis Ford Coppola directed <laughs> all of the uh, all of Apocalypse Now. Give me that thing. <laughs> Go over there. Go over there. I'm Francis Ford Coppola. Give me that. I went to film school, obviously. Yeah. I feel like this theater is normally used to, to, to put up the play as you like it. And that's all. It's like, it's so amazing looking. It is. And then we're just, we're just here talking about crime. <laughs> I mean, baseball and crime. Ba- yeah, our two loves. This theater's like really bummed right now. The ghost of this theater's like, wow, I thought they were going to show another As You Like It yeah. again. It's, the, it's so sad. That's the only play I can think of is As You Like Can It. Can I tell you the truth? I don't fucking know what that play is. <laughs> <laughs> I just went with it. You know what it is? I'll tell you. I went to film school, not theater school. <laughs> I went to neither. I didn't go to fucking college. <laughs> that play, yeah. just in case this comes up in the future. Okay, on Jeopardy. It's a play about two gals that go to the Waffle House. <laughs> and they're like, do I have to get it smothered and covered? And the waitress is like, no, you can get it as you like it. <laughs> Boom. improv class <laughs> that was incredible thank you it's because I've been up for hours traveling with America scene work is that what scene work is it's <laughs> me going like this oh I don't know yeah <laughs> I don't really know and I did go to theater school but I hated it because they always made you like try to stand like a fucking praying mantis or something which is just like I'm not interested in this yeah. This isn't going to get me there. I just want people to believe me when they're giving me a lot of money to be on camera. That's right. That's all That's I want. That's all that matters. All right. Did I ever tell you this story about my dad telling me that Kevin Costner was his favorite actor? And then right, I was like, really? And he goes, yeah, the only thing is I don't believe anything he says when he's talking. <laughs> oh, no. That's not what acting is. So what, do you like his hair? Like, what the fuck <laughs> do you like about that guy? That doesn't make any sense. I think it's because Kevin Costner's really into golf. So it's my oh. dad. Maybe he likes the parts he picks. My dad likes Sugar, Sugar Ray, the band Sugar Ray. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. How? I don't know. He heard a song on the radio once. <laughs> I really, really like that band, Georgia. <laughs> hey, you know the band, uh, you know the band Sugar Ray? Hey. Does he like, did he buy like a CD? I or think he did? bought a single. Oh, shit. I'm not fucking kidding. Marty yeah. is he's dedicated to Sugar Ray. Yeah. And he yeah, it's com- he loves cassettes. <laughs> I think he's really sad that his new car has a CD player and not a cassette player. Yeah, but now it makes sense. But did, does he know cassettes are coming back? Are they? Yeah, they're making a comeback yeah. big time. I mean, uh, I'm going to s- no. No. <laughs> Don't you miss, um, were, were cassettes a part of your musical experience? Mostly CDs. Mostly cassettes. What'd you say? Almost completely cassettes. Oh. What'd you think I said? Mostly, I thought you said mostly insects. <laughs> you know. Shit. 
losing my mind. <laughs> like, uh-oh, this conversation is changing. I don't know how to go with it. How do I go with insects? Just nod and say, oh, I've heard of that play. Yes, I love that play. Cassettes completely. When they came in the long thing and you could snap them out and I'd steal them when I was a kid, I was a real shitty kid. In the store? Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah, you'd snap them out of the arm? Mm-hmm. Wow, Georgia. <laughs> Terrible kid. Don't what? have kids. No, don't steal. I'm sorry. Don't steal. <laughs> What's the lesson for tonight? <laughs> There's so much to learn. <laughs> this is a learning podcast, mm-hmm. first and foremost. Yeah. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Speaking of first and not foremost, I'm going first today. You go first. Yes. Okay. All right, so this one's real fucked up. Great. <laughs> and I've never heard of it, even though it's, there's a hundred insane parts about it, and I've never heard of it, 
um, maybe because I was in high school when most of the crazy shit took place, and when you're in high school, you don't pay attention to anyone but yourself. Yeah. Um, That's when I plucked my eyebrows back to the middle of my <laughs> eye. Right there. Exactly. Because I couldn't stop staring at myself yeah. in the mirror. You're busy plucking every eyebrow out of your head and not watching the news. Yeah. So this is the story of the serial killer, Oscar Ray Bolin. See, when they're applauding, they mean they hate him. That's right. For the people that... For, for the for newbies. The, for the boyfriends and girlfriends who don't listen to this yeah. podcast and just got a, a chill down their spine <laughs> because people were applauding for a serial killer. It's not... That doesn't translate to fanship of murder. More of, I know this, I stay up at night reading uh, old newspaper yeah. columns and driving myself insane. Right. Yay! Right. Yes. This, this is the one where I had to get Xanax. That's what they're saying. <laughs> A Xanax prescription. Yay, Xanax! Okay. That so. would actually be, sorry, but that would be a great sponsor for this show. <laughs> Uh-huh. Because then we get free samples, and we get to go to the Christmas Xanax party. <laughs> oh, that would be so boring. <laughs> like, can, biggest bummer. Can we tell them that... that okay. <laughs> you don't decide. <laughs> yes! We got invited, so you know Casper Mattresses are always advertisers on every podcast. We just got an email that we were invited to the, a, a fancy Casper Mattress party. Christmas party! I was so excited, and then I was like, Karen's not going to want to go to this. I'm not, I'm not going to tell Karen I'm excited, because I get excited about stupid shit, and Karen's like, I don't want to go to that fucking thing. Right? Like, you don't like fucking things. No, uh, I hate most fucking things. Okay. Uh, and I want to go to anything that's going to have little food on silver trays. Like, that's my fucking dream. Yes. But then you texted me, and you were like... Uh, we, I was like, we got to go to that mattress party. <laughs> We gotta go to Casper. What does it even mean? And I didn't trust it. I was like, are you messing me with me right now? Because I really want to go. Are you teasing me? You're being sarcastic, aren't you? I had to like tell her three times. I'm confirming that I'm not being sarcastic. I genuinely will wear a dress to the Casper mattress party. And I'm going to try to meet the president of Casper. Is Casper here tonight? I want to meet that motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. We're going. We'll send photos to you guys. Yeah, to your, for sure. Check your email. Could you imagine? <laughs> I want to... I would like to marry a mattress millionaire. Mattress mogul. Wouldn't that be fun? Mattress mogul. You're mattress the wife mogul. of a mattress mogul. <laughs> <Yeah>. <gasps> Karen. Uh, then I get to be on the Real Housewives of wherever the mattress company is. <laughs> it sounds like a tech startup. It's probably like... Northern California. Yeah, that'd be nice. The Real Housewives of Pengrove and just like, <laughs> being really bitchy to people in yeah. an apple orchard. <laughs> this is Northern California comedy. You don't get it. <laughs> Stay local. Okay. <clears throat> hey, in Tampa, speaking oh, of. Oh, that's local. Now it gets bummer. Early yeah. in the morning of January 25th, 1986, 25-year-old... Um, her name's Blanche, Holly, leaves her night job. Um, she's a manager at Church's Fried Chicken, night manager. She, That's good is that another it. thing we should, should... I've never had it. They're like, oh, it's bad? It's gone. Oh, it's bad. Okay, got it. I like the idea that all of Tampa has one opinion about that chicken. <laughs> oh, it's yes and no? Okay, we got it. It's, <laughs> the answer is no. Okay, fair enough. 
<laughs> okay, she leaves her night manager off like one in the morning, heads home. She never makes it home. And later that morning, or like in the morning morning, a jogger finds her body in an orange grove in Lutz. Lutz. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> For a second? For one second, I thought you were booing her. And I was like, holy fuck. It's not her fault. Lutz? Lutz. But how is it spelled? It's spelled either Lutz or Lutz. L-U-T-Z. Oh. I mean, that makes sense. That's that an either Lutz. or. Yeah. I, I had a 50-50% chance, and obviously I got the wrong one. I mean, look. Here's the thing. You were just comparing it to other words you know that are kind of spelled right. like it. You don't call them newts. You call them nuts. <laughs> newts is E-W. I'm just saying, this is our campaign. Spell it like you say it. It would help us. We don't fucking live here. We're not like... We don't know what's happening ever. I hate when this happens and then you have to say this next line. Yeah, it's always this. She had been stabbed about 10 to 12 times. Mm. The only clue that they had was from the night before. Okay, this is fucked up. Okay, she had left work. She's heading home. And um, then a Hillsborough Sheriff uh, Deputy stops to check. Yeah, it's a great county. Yeah. So this sheriff's deputy sees two parked cars off um, off a boulevard in Tampa. One of them has their lights blinking, so he pulls over. Inside one of the cars is a man and a woman, and um, he like shines a flashlight in. He's like, "Everyone okay here?" And the dude is like, "Yeah, we're fine. I ran out of gas. She was gonna help me go get gas." And in his mind, he was like, well, that's weird. Like, why would she be in his car if they were going to get gas? Whatever. And he says to the woman, like, are you okay? She's like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Mm. And they, he moves on. Mm. But he does check the car registration of the dude's car, and it's registered to a man named Oscar Bolin. So the next, the day that, she, that Blanche's body is found, her car is found there abandoned. So that was her car. Um, it's about five miles away. They questioned this guy, Oscar's friends. They gave him an alibi, so they didn't follow up. (laughs) Thoughts, 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 thoughts. Give me that Xanax. Okay. Um, okay. The murder that day doesn't get much coverage, even though it's this huge story, because it's the exact same day that the fucking Challenger shuttle explodes. Oh, no. God. Isn't that crazy? In Cape Canaveral. Um... I almost, I know what, okay. So that dominates the news, so yeah. it doesn't really get any coverage, which fucking sucks. About 10 months later, 17-year-old Stephanie Collins, she's a senior in high school, she stops by the drugstore where she works to see if she can get some extra hours over the holidays to make some money. She leaves um, to go to choir practice, and she disappears from the shopping center parking lot. Um, some friends said they saw her driving by in the passenger seat of a white van. She said that they were waving at her, but they didn't realize anything was wrong. I feel like this isn't going to work, but it would be nice if there could be some kind of an alert yeah. system that we could make up with our eyes or something. You know what I mean? Where if like someone has a knife in your gut and they're like, don't you fucking say a word. And then it's like, everyone's supposed to be like, no officer, we're fine. And you're like, I am fine. 
or whatever. <laughs> that, that's not going to work, but yeah. if there is a system of some yeah. kind, what would it be? Like a tongue, a tongue maneuver. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe you should take me out of this car anyway. I'm fine. Yeah. Every, there's just so many stories like that that are so awful where, you know, and yeah. you know it kills the people that actually totally. saw them and didn't do anything. It's absolutely, horrible. absolutely. Uh, her disappearance, fucking massive month-long search, but eventually they find her um, Stephanie's body in Hillsborough County, Florida. She's wrapped in sheets and has blunt force head injuries, and she's stabbed as well. On that exact same fucking day that she has found. Police also discover the body of Terry Lynn Matthews. She's 26 by a railway line in Pasco County, County, Florida. It's about 30 minutes away. So they're 30 minutes away. Um, she had gone, so Terry had, I mean, Stephanie had gone missing the night before and Terry had gone missing um, a month. No, no, no. Terry had gone missing the night before when they just happened to find their bodies on the same fucking day, which is right. bananas. Okay, so... She had been abducted, abducted the night before from outside Orlando Lake's post office. Sorry, you mean the yeah. butter? <laughs> yeah, it's a real place. It's an actual place. It's a, I didn't know till I saw this. <laughs> I just fucking have a nervous breakdown. That would be that would be amazing. Sense. That's my breaking point that I find out Orlando Lakes is real. Yeah. Out of my mind. Okay. <laughs> it was all over butter. <laughs> I love butter. Yeah. So, so, okay, here's what happened. Terry had left her boyfriend's house and was driving home and decided to stop off, at, and this was late at night, decided to stop off at her post office box to get her and her family's mail, which is like, fuck, dude, I get it. I've done that a million times. You have a post office box. What? You have a post office Yeah, box. I have a post office box. Even. Um, no, I'm bragging. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's super impressed. Yeah. So the, the boyfriend and Terry's family that night are like, she should have been home by now. They go out looking for her. They find Terry's car in the parking lot um, with the door open and mail scattered all over the ground. I know. So they find her body the next morning. She had been stabbed in the neck and chest and beaten repeatedly over the head. She's also wrapped in sheets. And so at this point, the authorities know a serial killer is on the loose. They um, track fibers to all three uh, of the victims. They all match. And, um, but for four years, the case goes cold, and there's no fucking leads. Oh. So sit tight for your fucking serial killer, everyone. No. <laughs> Sorry, I get dark sometimes. It's different times, though. That was yeah. fucking 40 years ago yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So what? <laughs> I haven't slept in days. Look at my hair. God. Let me have 10 numbers. <laughs> she told you guys. <laughs> do, do, do. Okay. Until 1990, when police receive a call on one of the Crime Stoppers fucking places. Oh, yeah. Um, a man says, 
a man says he knows who killed the three girls, and they, I guess, somehow figure out who he is, because it's not anonymous, apparently, or he gives them up. I don't know. He says it's his new, it's his wife's ex-husband is the killer. Mm -hmm. So he fucking rats out his new wife's ex. Yeah. Can you imagine how satisfying that, that was? That must have felt great. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, so it, the ex-husband is our friend, the piece of shit, Oscar Ray Bolin. He was born in January 1962 in Portland, Indiana. Fucking once fell off a roof and hit his head. Classic. The usual. Um, his family owned a carnival, and he had worked there. Oh. I know. Red flag. Unless it's fun. Unless it's like a fun carnival. But shit. Yeah. Right? Because, like, then you, it's almost like, then just think of every carnival worker you've ever seen, and you're like, oh, it's a carny. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Intense. Also, a uh, long haul trucker. Mm. Like, can we get a few more on the list, please? Like, <laughs> it's, it's just. It's a bit on the nose, it's actually. A bit, right. So. Did he hate his mother? Probably. Okay. His mom said that he was a little odd. Oh. So then I wrote, and the dick bag was already in prison. <laughs> that wasn't a cut and paste. Those were my words. <laughs> Wikipedia. <laughs> the dick bag was already in prison, serving 22 to 75-year sentence for the 1987 kidnapping and rape of a waitress who worked at a truck stop cafe. All right. Here, let's, here we go. Oh. oh. Jesus Christ, that's humongous. I know. It's pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> Get me away. Steven, did Steven, like, crop that picture? Because that's know. unnecessarily large. I don't know. I don't think we can blame this one on Steven. Okay. I just don't... It's a lot of face. <laughs> I mean, please feel free to blame it on Steven. I mean, we do. I do feel so free. Here's the thing. I don't know if this one... I don't know if back goes... Just try it. All right. Nice. I did it. Thank you for t making that go away. <laughs> um, all right. So, so he's in fucking prison. The ex-wife named Cheryl tells investigators that she was with him, Oscar, when he was casing the church's chicken restaurant, but they went home and she fell asleep. And then at 2 a.m., he comes home and wakes her up. He fucking spills the contents of a woman's purse on the bed, tells her that he killed someone and that he has to, she has to help him clean the car and fingerprints and dispose of other evidence. Yeah. And she's like, huh. <laughs> Let me think about this. What have you done for me lately? <laughs> she's like, did you think they fix that sink? <laughs> okay, we'll do that first before I help you. <laughs> Honey. Oh, man. So he's charged, Oscar Raybolin is charged um, in 1990 with all three murders um, and undergoes three trials, one for each victim. In Stephanie Collins' case, it came out that there had been, okay, so there had been a note in her purse that they pulled out at the trial. The name on it said Ray and a series of letters and numbers that fucking correlated to, to Oscar Ray Bolin's license plate. Number, oh. Which means they think that he was either stalking her somehow or that maybe they had been a little fender bender and had written down her, his information and put it in her purse. Oh. And they also think that our first, um, our first victim, Blanche, that maybe when they pulled over on the side of the road and were, and were, that he had given her a fender bender too. And by the time the cop came, he had a gun on her. So That's that might have been his fucking MO. Um, 
Okay. So it's just going to make it hard when we all go and have fender benders next time. <laughs> it's just going to make it that much more difficult. I'm going to get arrested. I just, <laughs> I'll never stop. It'll be a fucking... You re-rent someone and then you just stay in your car. You won't get out. <laughs> and then they're like, it's the other way around. <laughs> if someone hits you, don't get out. Not if you slam in the back of someone's car. Anytime you drive your car, don't get out of the car. <laughs> there. Fixed. Fixed. Um, at Terry Matthews' trial... So Oscar's half-brother, Philip Bolin, comes forward to testify. He is, at, at the time of Terry's murder, he was 13 years old. Ugh. He said he saw his older brother beating a woman who was wrapped in a sheet. Oscar claimed the woman had been shot in a drug deal gone wrong. And then um, he, he saw or heard Oscar kill her. And it turned out to be Terry Matthews, and 13-year-old Philip then helped him get rid of the body after the killing. Oh. And he, this kid, like, apologized to the family. He, he was, like, 19 at the time of the trial, and, um, yeah, he was, he, and at every, there's going to be a lot of trials at all of them, he testifies. He's, yeah, he's on it. In each case... Each of the three cases, Oscar Ray Bolin is found guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced to death for each of the three convictions. But wait, it gets worse. Don't applaud. Okay, so in 1995, Florida Supreme Court reversed all three convictions and orders new trials. According to the court, the, pros the prosecution and trial judge erred in allowing jurors to let the wife Cheryl testify oh. because it's protected by Florida's spousal privilege rules. Yeah. Meaning you can't fucking tell on your husband you or can't wife. Can't snitch. You can't, you can't snitch, snitch on the person you married even if he's a fucking horrible ah! <laughs> you know? Yeah but because you could be all like hey my husband's a big <laughs> murdering dickhead and not, it could not be true. Yeah, like but that, that's a, it's a loaded area. I see. I mean, I'm just devil's advocating. Okay. Surely I'm not on the side of the murderer, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they go back to trial and e even though the Bolins are now divorced, they, this privilege still holds. So the husband and wife conversations are confidential. Um, he's sent back to trial three more times. Each time he's convicted again. Each time he's sentenced to death again. And again, the high court comes back and says that they used part of her testimony again. So uh, this, and they said that this time the reason they did it was because, so Oscar Rebolin tries to commit suicide in prison. And when his suicide note says, ask my wife, she'll tell you every, ask my ex-wife, she'll tell you everything what happened. We so, can't, dickhead. <laughs> but, that, the, but the prosecutors were like, that's, that's him saying he's waiving his rights to spousal oh, privilege, yeah. but they're like, no. He rejects the argument. Okay, so in 1996, over six years after he's initially arrested, he faces his seventh murder trial. Um, by 2005, he's reconvicted of all three murders and, the death and gets the death sentence for Terry Matthews. That one's upheld, so he's fucked. Okay, here's this annoying, stupid part. All right. While he's in prison, Oscar starts dating a woman. <laughs> That's not even the stupid part. <laughs> oh, all these stories make me feel so much more alone. <laughs> what, is, what does he have that I don't have? Oh. <clears throat> I have I a mean... huge face, just like he does. <laughs> God. <laughs> 
Karen. I'm sure there's a convict out there for you too. Somewhere waiting in a cell. <laughs> Stephen cut all of this. <laughs> Shit. Fuck. Good. Okay. Starts dating a woman named Rosalie Martinez. Rosalie Martinez, let's talk about her. She's married to a fucking wealthy as shit, prominent attorney. Super wealthy. So she's cheating on her lawyer. Oh, sorry. I'm going to tell you. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I'd like to guess how the rest of it goes. (laughs) She's married as fuck. She's got four daughters. Then they, and they meet while she is a paralegal on his defense team. She's like, I gotta have that. Yes, I've read all the fucking case files. Yes, I've seen the fucking crime scene photos and watched the mothers of the fucking victims cry in court, but I gotta have that. She's just like, I've never seen a face that big. I have <laughs> to kiss it. Oh my. I must make him mine. There is that thing, though, with the, you yeah. know, when things are taboo and forbidden. You know what I mean? I'm sure if it was just like... I'm sure if his, her husband was just like, could you go ahead and have an affair with a thing? And then she'd be like, ooh, that guy, that's gross. <laughs> but she knew it'd be like the worst possible thing. That's like the thing of like when you look over a balcony and you're like, what if I jump? It's that. Yeah. Romantically. And most people are like, <laughs> oh, that, that makes it sound romantic. I know. It's kind of a romantic suicide situation. <laughs> you know. Um, so she fucking leaves her family and marries fucking Oscar Abel in prison. <laughs> Wait, does she, has she not heard about affairs? <laughs> well, she can't even bone him. He's in prison. Oh, okay. Has she not heard about, that's your solution. <laughs> I <laughs> thought, has she not heard about therapy, about <laughs> mental health? Nope, none of that. No, just cheating. Go straight to cheating. <laughs> Okay, she divorces her husband and she marries him on live TV in 1996 to an audience of 12 million by phone from her apartment. Her sad beige apartment that she moved out of probably her mansion out of. She's got one really nice vase though. (laughs) She's like, this is mine. She probably has a framed photo of his giant face while they're getting married. They get married on 2020. What? Yeah. Remember the show 2020? Yeah, I do. They get married on fucking 2020. <laughs> yeah. That's dirty. I know. I really, really don't like this woman. I mean, well, she also, it just she sucks. She sucks, and there's a, obviously, like you said, there's a serious mental issue happening where it's like, what exactly is your long term relationship goal here? Yeah. Well, it is, to, it is that she fucking believes him innocent, and her goal is to make. So the reason, one of the reasons for all of these fucking trials and and all these things that happen is because of her and her and her money and um because she was a, a public or she was a paralegal so she knew all these rules. So part of the reason that this, these families of these three young girls had to go through ten fucking years, almost thirty years of trial and all this stuff is because this woman had the money to help him. Oh my god! Yeah, and the wherewithal. Is that a word? Oh, want to see them? Sure is. Nope. No. Uh, that's, that's them in love? That's them. Can you imagine being one of those four daughters and you're just like, Mom, can I talk to you? There. In the other room? <laughs> anything you, anything you want to say to me can be said over this, over these, through these prison jail in front of your stepfather. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> Just say it. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So she also goes on the fucking Montel Williams show. Oh, girl. No. Jesus. And, she, and also, the half-sister of Terry Lynn Matthews goes on, and she's a fucking, this chick's a badass. She, like, tells her what. And Montel Williams says to her, even, that if, if he ever gets out of jail, you better hope your four daughters aren't walking down the street when he's out looking for That's a victim. That's right. Yeah, give it up for Montel. Montel. I feel like... And also, don't forget that you can mail your gold necklaces into a company and get cash for gold. <laughs> Another strong message Montel has sent America. Never forget that my, either. My dad worked for one of those companies. <laughs> yeah. He's unbagging necklaces while Sugar Ray is playing in the background. Is that the uh, four-poster bed? Every he loved, I love Fuck, that song. That's the worst song ever written. Georgia, have you heard that song? You love it's it. It's a dad song, I guess. Okay. <laughs> she, so, so she insists he's innocent. She says she's his guardian angel. But here's my thing too. He's in prison. He was when he got caught for these crimes. He was in prison already for raping and kidnapping a woman, which he pleaded guilty to. So even if you do truly believe he's innocent, which he's fucking not, he's still in prison for rape that honey. he pled like, guilty to. So stop it. <laughs> Um, she even brought one of her husband's Armani suits for him to wear to trial. Wow. Her ex-husband. She's like, yoink, out of his... I bet that ex-husband and the, fa- the rest of the family was just like, we're going to move away, and just like, <laughs> got the hell yeah, out. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> so 10, 10 murder trials, almost 30 years later, on January 7th, 9, 2016, he files one last appeal, but he's denied. It's the day of his execution. He spends three hours with his wife, eats his last meal, um, and uh, then he's taken to the room. More than 30 witnesses, including the victim's families, are waiting out of sight um, before the execution. Asked if he had any last words. He says, nope. He says, no, sir. I'm going to say nope. Yeah. 1016... Uh, 2016, he dies after by lethal injection at 53 years old. Whoa. So, yeah. And then a week fucking later, the state of Florida is like, well, you know, we're not going to do executions anymore. Yeah. And I feel like they they were like holding their breath, waiting for him. <laughs> they just wanted to get him. They just wanted to get one him last out. one. Yeah, because they were like, let's not make the families go. Because if he can appeal again, yeah, I, they, it just keeps going on and right? on. Right. So they were like, oh, shh, shh, don't they? <laughs> okay. <sighs> Governor, could you not sign that? Just not this week. I have a story to tell you. Okay, so he's linked to another murder of a, a girl named Deborah Diane Stowe, in, who's 30 from Greenville, Texas, as well as a couple other Tampa area murders that he's suspected of. But there's no forensic evidence, apparently. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. And so Terry, Stephanie, and Blanche's mothers all stood together throughout all, tr- all the trials. They all went to each other's daughter's trials, all of them. Oh. All three were always there together with each other. Um, Terry and Stephanie's mother were there to see Oscar die, be put to death. Blanche's mom had passed away by then. 
Um, Stephanie's mother said that they're my rock. We're, we're unfortunate we're together, but we're fortunate to have each other. And they called themselves the Sisters in Sorrow. Oh. So that's fucking Oscar Ray Bolin. Wow, that was amazing. Thank you. Shit. <laughs> Sorry to bum you out. No, no, I just was <laughs> like, just don't be a Rosalie. Just, <laughs> yeah. just in life. Oh, and she was almost going to be on the Casey Anthony um, uh, prosecution team. What? Yeah. (laughs) And then they were like, uh, looked into her background for a hot minute, and they're like, that might be weird. Let's not do that. You have a tendency to fall in love with bad people, (laughs) so we're going to go ahead and take you out of the legal system. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. All right. Well, it's funny because mine takes place in the same county. Oh, my God. And and in just a couple years before yours, <gasps> I'm doing the serial killer Bobby Joe Long. Oh my god! Yeah, this is a, this is a heavy hitter situation. Yeah. He is he's one of those heavy hitters, and I'm sorry, Tampa, but he's it's just a bummer. Yeah, like it's you guys um, gave us no room for like a grandma who poisoned her, her <laughs> husband. Exactly. Like nothing that was like. <laughs> Not charming because murder's horrible. Whimsical, you know. We love a whimsical murder. You guys are like, nope, we're getting it done. Yeah, there's no room. We're yeah in Florida. Uh, So, (laughs) I guess we just start talking about him. Um, (laughs) Bobby Joe Long was born on October 14th, 1953, in Canova, West Virginia. His parents got divorced. Rahane Canova's awesome. His parents. were divorced, Bobby Joe shared a bed with his mother until oh. he was 13. Oh. Yeah, you're not gonna, that's not gonna produce anything good. How much are beds? <laughs> Let's ask Casper Mattress. Casper Mattresses. <laughs> what if he bought me a diamond shaped like a mattress? I'm just saying. <laughs> this party is going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, Night of our lives. <laughs> it's going to change everything. Uh, oh, I wrote, it was here that experts theorize began his hatred of women. Um, but here, there's a couple other factors that are insane about Bob- Bobby Joe Long. One of which is he was born with an extra X chromosome. So uh, because of that, during puberty, he grew breasts. Mm-hmm. 
Do you think that that's a fun thing for a boy to have in junior high in Florida? Or West Virginia, wherever the fuck he was? Um, so that was, he was horribly, horribly teased, of course. Um, severely, they said. Uh, then he suffered a series of bad head injuries. Uh, yes. No chance. Not just one, a series. So at the age of five, he was knocked unconscious from a fall off a swing. Um, and one of his eyelids was skewered by a stick. Oh! I didn't have to say that part. I wanted to. <laughs> the following year, he was thrown from his bicycle, crashing headfirst into a parked car. Oh. And his, he lost a couple teeth, and he had a severe concussion. Jesus. He was... Uh, when he was seven, he fell off a pony onto his head. <laughs> was the pony drunk? Oh my God! It was, this was it, the child version of the drunken horse. It grew that, up to be. Yes, this fucking horse has been terrorizing Florida. You guys, here. we're sleuths over Fucked here. Up. Um, they said that he said he remained dizzy and nauseous from that head injury for weeks after. Great, no, it's great. It's yeah. great when that happens. If and that the, happens, it's great. It's, it's like totally it's fine. Perfect because then the rest of life is is. Easy, Easy, and you don't become an obsessive rapist murderer. <laughs> the following year, he was thrown from his bicycle. Oh, no, I just read that. <laughs> I was like, fuck, this is crazy. <laughs> I'm rereading things. Okay. Um, so then, luckily, when he was 13, he met a girl named Cynthia at school. He started dating her, and then he was like, I don't think I want to sleep with my mom anymore. Mm. So he moved out of his mom's bed. Amen. Good, good call. Um, and he ended up dating Cynthia um, for all through all through high school, and they got married in 1974. But six months before their wedding, he was hit by a car while riding his motorcycle, oh. and his his head hit the pavement so hard it shattered his helmet. So wear helmets, everyone. <laughs> Don't have kids. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> So, I think we're up to, now that's 19 head injuries <laughs> at this point, and one good eye injury, don't forget about that one. Um, so, Cynthia says that his temperament changed yeah. um, after that accident. He was always, like, short-tempered, but now he became physically abusive, um, and they have two children, and he becomes, she said he developed a strangely overt, compulsive, and office, often dangerous sex drive. She ends up filing for divorce in 1980. Um, so after the divorce, he moves in with a friend named Sharon Richards, and Sharon Richards later um, accuses him of rape and battery. Um, he ends up moving to, the next year, he moves to Long Beach, California, to take an underwater welding course. Which is, you know, he was like, uh, what do I want to do with myself besides <laughs> hit my head on every fucking thing I pass? Where would I be safe? Underwater. <laughs> Look, hits its head really slow. <laughs> okay, so, but this is, so now, of course, the, the awful transition into horror. Um, there's a thing in California, I don't know if it's national, it's called the Penny Saver, which is basically oh, yeah. a free, it's like a free circular, yeah, and it's just one ads, so just all the, come and buy my dishwasher and shit. Um, it's how you'd get a kitten when you were when in the 80s. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you were like, you as an eight-year-old would look through the penny saver and you'd be like, I want a kitten. I guess I'll walk to a stranger's house alone. 
Um, <laughs> so his, he makes up this thing. He starts looking through the penny saver. Um, he calls people who are selling small appliances. He'll go to the house. If the woman is home alone, no. he has to use the restroom, pulls out his rape kit, and then he brutally rapes and robs the woman. Oh, my God. So he does that a bunch of times uh, in Long Beach. Um, and he's tried and convicted for rape in 1981. He requests a new trial. It's granted, and then the charges are dropped, and he and he moves back to Florida. Ugh. So he basically, like, just a glitch in the system, he got to leave. So he comes back to Florida in 1983, and he's in Tampa. Um, so, yeah, that's right. But it's 1983, so don't be upset. Um, <laughs> over 22 years ago. So... <laughs> In the fall of 1983, Bobby Joe Long is charged with sending an inappropriate sex-infused letter and photographs to a 12-year-old girl. Oh. <laughs> earning him a short jail sentence and probation. He was, it, he's like an internet visionary. You, if you want to be slightly positive about Bobby Joe Long. <laughs> he was dick-picking it long before anybody else. <laughs> Through snail mail, mail, even. Okay. That's not funny, Karen. Okay. <laughs> During this time, his new thing was he would scout for sale signs on houses, uh, hunt through the classified ads for furniture and other items, and then he would, once again, there was, this was the penny saver move yeah. that he did in Long Beach, where he would go into people's homes and rob them. In the, according to police, in this time, he raped more than 50 women doing this. What? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So then in 1984, he escalates to murder. So um, they said that Hillsborough County uh, had, <laughs> it's, it's, you can cheer for it, but there's been a lot of problems there. <laughs> um, hopefully they've been solved. Um, <laughs> On the bright side, hopefully, <laughs> maybe. Hopefully this doesn't happen that much anymore. Um, so they had been averaging 30 to 35 homicides a year in the 80s in Hillsborough County. Then Bobby Joe moves back to town and that number begins to skyrocket. Oh, shit. Um, so he was at the time on probation for assault, um, but he starts driving around areas where he knows sex workers walk and, and where there are dive bars where women who could possibly be drunk and leaving the dive bars are so that he can go pick them up. On May 13, 1984, the dead body of a nude bound young female is discovered by young boys late mm. in the afternoon in a remote area of southern Hillsborough County. She's lying face down. Her hands are tied behind her back. She's gagged. There's a rope around her neck like a leash. Her feet are spread five feet apart. So she's uh. deliberately staging this body in the most, you know, uh, horrible way he possibly can. Um, her clothing and belongings are never found and her body was very... Um, De decomposition was really advanced, so um, it took them a while to determine that the cause of death was strangulation. She's identified as Lana Long. She was a 25-year-old Laotian woman who worked as an exotic dancer in Tampa. Um, she was last seen in her apartment complex near the University of South Florida, and she had been missing for approximately three days. Mm -hmm. Two weeks later, on May 27th at 11.30 in the morning, the body of a young white female was discovered in an isolated area in eastern Hillsborough County. 
Um, she was found nude. There was a pile of clothing near her body. Um, she was on her back. Her hands were bound at the waist. There was ligature around her neck. Her throat had been cut. She sustained multiple blunt trauma injuries to the head. Uh, and her, her hands were bound with some kind of a clothesline. And there was a ligature at the neck that was made of the same kind of rope. And it was tied in a hangman's noose. Um, and there was three to four feet of rope extending from that noose. And she also, her upper arms were bound with what looked like to be a green man's t-shirt. Um, so there was a composite drawing of the victim made and released to the media, and she's identified as Michelle Denise Sims, a 22-year-old native Californian who was um, last seen the night before walking with two white males near Kennedy Boulevard. She was also a known sex worker. So victim number three on June 24, 1984, the body of another young white female is found in an orange grove in southeastern Hillsborough County, fully clothed. She's in an advanced state of decomposition. There's no ligatures. They were, the victim wasn't found near an interstate as the other two victims had been, so the police didn't connect her death to the other two bodies that had been found. And so, of course, in the initial stages of the investigation, they're looking at her boyfriend, um, and I get, he uh, failed a polygraph. So they think they're basically positive it's the boyfriend. Mm -hmm. But then they send evidence to the FBI lab, but because there was no connection to the other two bodies, right. the FBI lab didn't try to find what was on the other two bodies, which were red nylon fibers mm. on both of those other two victims. So that does come up later. But she's identified as Elizabeth Loudenbach, a 22 of Tampa, she was an assembly line worker who had last been seen uh, 7 o'clock on June 8th. She had no criminal history. So the fourth victim, and this like it's, these are coming like every three, two, three, four weeks. Fuck. So it must have been horrifying. October 7, 1984, the nude body of a young black female is discovered near Pasco Hillsborough County line. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> What if I just fell backwards out of this chair? <laughs> I love my job. Pasco? Pasco. Pesco, you say? Have you ever cared more about the sound of a county than you do tonight? Okay. Her body is found lying uh, next to the dirt entrance of a cattle ranch. And her clothing is next to the body. Her bra is tied in a knot and hanging on the entrance gate. So she's in advanced state of decomposition, um, her head more so than the rest of her body. Mm. And they find, eventually, they find a gunshot wound to the neck, uh, which is determined to be the cause of death. Um, and she's eventually identified as 18-year-old Chanel Williams. And she had previously been arrested for sex work. She had last been seen the night of September 30th by a friend who, they were working together on Nebraska Avenue and pretty good, pretty good spot. Okay. Um, so her friend says that she had been picked up by a John and she told Chanel, please, they were going to go to a motel really close by. Uh -huh. She said, please walk over there so that by the time you get there, like you can check on me and make sure everything is okay. Oh my God. And then Chanel doesn't show up to, <gasps> to check on her. Um, um. So then, a week later, on the morning of October 14th, 1984, the body of a white female nude from the waist down is discovered in a remote orange grove in northeastern Hillsborough County, 30 feet from a dirt road, apparently dragged from the roadway. Mm -hmm. 
Um, she was on a gold-colored bedspread. There was a blue jogging suit tied outside of it. Her hands were bound in front with a red and white handkerchief. Um, her right wrist and legs and feet were all bound with string, and there were lig ligature marks on her neck. Um, and she'd been struck in the forehead and strangled. And she's identified as Karen Beth Dinsfriend. She's a 28-year-old sex worker who had been working in that same area that all the rest of them had, and she was last seen in the early morning hours of October 14th, 1984. Um, so immediately when the cops get there, they see the body, they see the ligatures, they see everything, and they're like, this is the serial killer. We've got another yeah. um, body. And when they send all the evidence to the medical examiner, they find red nylon fibers on her. Mm. Um, so then on a week later, I think actually it's less than a week later. It's like, uh, no, it's a week later. I can't add. Um, <laughs> a week later, the nude mummified remains of a white female are discovered near Highway 301 in Northern Hillsborough County. No clothing, no ligatures, no really any physical evidence are found at the scene, and due the, to the amount of time that the body has been exposed to the elements, there's no fibers, there's no hair, there's there's no evidence on her at all. Wow. And she actually doesn't get identified until after he is arrested. Wow. Um, she And then when she does, she is Kimberly Kyle Hopps. She's a 22-year-old white female, last seen by her boyfriend, getting into what he described to the police as a 1977 maroon Chrysler Cordoba. So then a week later, <laughs> this, I, I can't imagine, a week later, the remains of a female were discovered near Morris Bridge, just north of the Hillsborough County line, and her bones were scattered a around a large area, and they found a ligature on an arm bone, wow. and then they found just a ligature by itself. A shirt, some panties, jewelry are all found there, and some uh, head hairs, and s all of that helps identify a woman named Virginia Lee Johnson, who was an 18-year-old white female, originally from Connecticut. She was a sex worker who split her time between Connecticut and the North Tampa area. Two weeks later, on November 24th, the nude body of a young white female, I mean, it just fucking keeps coming. Nude body of a young white female is found face down in an incline off of North Orient Road in Tampa. Um, she had been, she'd been there less than 24 hours. Um, there was a pair of blue jeans and a flower top next to her. She was wearing knee-high nylons and it basically the police put together that he, the killer had pulled off the road and thrown her body over this um, incline. Uh. And she, again, had the ligature mark. She had all the signs of the same serial killer, all of the, uh, all of the signatures. Oh, my God. And she's identified as Kim Marie Swan. She's a 21-year-old. She worked as an exotic dancer, and she was last seen walking out of a convenience store near her parents' home at approximately 3 o'clock in the afternoon what? on November 11th, 1984. Oh, yeah. So scary. So this is, this part is kind of my favorite thing because as you know I love the show I Survived it's my favorite show um, it's the best so in the middle of this string of murders in September of 1984 17 year old Lisa McVeigh her life is fucking hell so she 
Her home life is awful. And when she's 13, she's being physically, emotionally, and sexually abused at home. So she decides to move in with her grandma when she's 13. And then her grandma's boyfriend starts sexually abusing her. So she's, by the time, it's awful. So by the time she's 17 years old, she's suicidal. And she's, she just feels worthless. And, um, she has a part-time job at Krispy Kreme Donuts that she goes to after school. So, um, she goes to her part-time job one night. 17 years old, her her boss asks her to work a double shift. Mm. So she ends up closing that night alone and riding her bike home at 2 o'clock in the morning. No, 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 no. How old is she? 17. Yeah. That's, no. And she says in this episode of I Survived, which you probably saw, um, but she says she had that night before written a suicide note. She was that, (gasps) she was that bad. Like, she felt that terrible in her life. So she's riding her bike home from work. And I'm just basically retelling. This is her story. You can watch it on I Survived. It's amazing. And so she's riding her bike home. And she passes a church parking lot. And she sees one single car in the center of the church parking lot. And immediately gets a bad feeling. Mm -hmm. And gets really scared. And a second later, someone pulls her off that bike onto the ground. And she looks up, There's and she feels a gun to her head, and she looks up, and there's a man standing over her. And he pulls her to his car. And in that moment, she says she realized she has to start paying attention to what is happening. She has to, so if she lives, she can say what the fuck happened. Mm-hmm. So she sees it's a red car, it has spoked wheels. She gets into the car, he, he lays the passenger seat down so she can't be seen. Mm-hmm. He blindfolds her. Um, but she said all of her other senses just like came to life. So she sees that on the dash, there's the word Magnum is on the dash in front of her. She can see it underneath mm-hmm. the uh, blindfold. She can hear that the car needs a tune-up, like it's a shitty car. Because she, yeah, she's, it's so awesome. Um, and she can hear that the wind changes from driving on normal streets to getting onto the interstate. So Whoa. she knows that they have gone, you know, far away from or a little yeah. far away from where they were. He takes her, he walks her into this house. He takes her into the house, puts her in the shower and shower, bathes her basically. Um, and she says, then he starts acting like romantic. Like it's like their boyfriend and girlfriend. He's being sweet to what? her. Yeah. Um, she says she's like, para- of course, paralyzed yeah. with fear. And she's just decided she's going to do whatever he tells her to do. She's going to do whatever it takes to survive. Yeah. Which she said, you know, the quote she has is, here I was thinking about killing myself. Now I'm going to be fighting for my life. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's really awesome. So he says to her, you're going to show me a good time tonight. And if you do that, you're going to be okay. Ugh. Yeah. He throws her on the bathroom floor um, and rapes her brutally and then takes her back into the bed, ties her to the bed, blindfolds her, and rapes her like all night. He ended up keeping her for 26 hours in total, but she said in the middle of that, at like at one point, he, would, he kept going into, this, into that weird boyfriend mode. At one point, he took her hands and had her feel his face. Ew. So then, yeah, so, which is like, so she's immediately, she's like, you have thin eyebrows, a thin mustache, pockmarked skin. She fucking goes, yes. Uh. She goes right into like reading his face. She feels where his hairline is. She's like, I'm fucking, I'm going. She said, she thought to herself, I'm going to outsmart him. Oh I'm going to tell him what he wants to hear and I'm going to outsmart him and I'm going to live. Yeah. Um, it's, I know, it's awesome. So as they're talking, she decides she's, going to try to appeal to that sweet 
personality that kind of comes out. Mm -hmm. So he starts asking her about herself, and she's like, I'm an only child, lie. My father's very sick, lie. Um, if he, if I am gone, he will have no one in this world, complete lie. He asks her to describe to him when in high school, the other girls getting changed in the locker room. Ew. And she, because of her abuse, yeah. never changed in the locker room. She was always in the bathroom by herself. She said she's really ashamed and, you know, of course, had a lot of issues about that. But she just fucking made up a bunch of shit. She was just telling him everything he wanted to hear. And at one point, she said, he said to her, what am I going to do with you? And she said, I think deep down you're a good person. I will be your girlfriend. And he... <sighs> Yeah, it's amazing. So he said, no, we can't do that. And then he says, where do you live? And so he puts her back in the car and he drives back. He's dry. He puts the blindfold back on her and he's driving her back home. So as they leave the area that he lives in, she's peeking out from underneath the blindfold and she, they drive by a quality Inn and they drive by Howard Johnson's. And so she's like, walk, um, they, he drives her to some parking lot. He hugs her and says, I'm sorry for what I did to you. And then get put, like, says, get out of the car and, and walk away. And then she hears the car drive away. Oh my she God. fucking pulls her blindfold off and like drops to her knees and is like, holy shit, I lived through that. Then she realizes he could fucking come back. Yeah. So she just starts running home. And she said, every car that passed, she would duck down behind a car. She said she, it was the middle of the day. She must have looked insane, yeah. but she was, of course, completely traumatized and out of her mind. Well, then she fucking gets back to her grandma's house oh, no. where her fucking piece of shit grandma's boyfriend is who opens the door and is so enraged that she has been gone for a full day without telling them where she is that he starts beating the shit out of her. What the fuck? So finally... The grandma's like, you know what? That's enough. And she calls the police. So, yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. So, so she goes to the police and she's like, get your pens and pencils because I've got some fucking information for you. Red car, spoked wheels, magnum, blah, 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 all that shit. Oh, also, when she was in the bathroom, at one point he let her go to the bathroom, and he was going to make her go to the bathroom with the door open, and she said, I can't. You have to let me close the door. And he said, fine. She closed the door and just started touching everything in the bathroom. (gasps) So in case she died, at least her fingerprints would be everywhere on the bathroom. I mean, it's insane. So... Because of the information, and when they, when she tells them, um, the Quality Inn and the Howard Johnsons, that's the area where all of these women were last spotted in this series of murders. They put it together. Yes. And so they end up looking up car registration and they find a red Dodge Magnum is registered to one Robert Joe Long. So they, oh shit. Is your last page gone? Yep. Well, listen. What ends up happening, (laughs) that sucks, Um, (laughs) but essentially what ends up happening is they arrest Bobby Joe Long, and I think we have that picture. Wait, hold on, I I screwed up, and so the next picture I'm going to go by, wait, hold on, okay, this is, okay, wait, okay, now this is going to... It's just that forever. Okay, but then it's going to (laughs) be that, and then that. There he is. Okay. That's Bobby Joe Long right there. Gross. So he's arrested, and he is... 
I'm going to have to do this off the top of my head. But he's, they basically, um, when they take the evidence from Lisa's body, um, they find the red nylon fibers mm -hmm. that were on all of these corpses that they found and they connect. So they know now that he is connected to this. And so they basically tell him he, he immediately confesses to the attack and rape of Lisa. Uh -huh. And then they say, well, and also we have this connection and it's these fibers are from your car and they're also on all of these victims. So then he confesses to all of those murders Fuck. and he essentially ends up getting, um, like it, it, I wish I could read it. It's like 26 fucking terms in prison or whatever. It's like six life terms and all this stuff. Yeah. He, they got him on, on all this stuff. And he is, of course, uh, they give him the death penalty. And then right around that time, right, you got, you got the last guy because he, <laughs> his, the, um, he was supposed to be, in the, uh, executed in the electric chair and they, or executed, I don't, I just made that up. It's not the electric chair. I don't know. <laughs> However you do it. But he. By wolves. I think that's how they did it. Though. Yeah. <laughs> so they commute his sentence to life on death row, which he is still there now. Shut up. He's still He's alive. still there now. <gasps> Let's go get him, you guys. But Lisa McVeigh. Uh, had always all her life wanted to be a policewoman and so she ends up joining would you do the next picture yeah. she ends up joining the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office ah! look at her isn't that good <laughs> it's so good I love that I do too Oh my God. And she said, and the, you can watch it, but at the end of the I Survive, she said, because they always make them say, I Survive because. And usually it's like people who are like on a weird boat accident. They're like, I survived because Jesus was on the boat with me or whatever. <laughs> she goes, I survived because of the coping skills I learned as an abused child. And I survived because I outwitted and outsmarted Bobby Joe Long. Wow. sweet more of the lisa mcveigh story really than great job. anything else great job yeah well shit those were heavy guys listen Whew. i think we have time for a quick one i think we do Hometown? tell them the rules <laughs> oh so we'd like one of you to come and tell us your hometown murder but you can't be so drunk that you lose your place in your own story you can be drunk. Just handle your shit. Um, and uh, you can't be too far away. Sorry, upper, upper deck people. It's, it's such a ripoff. Okay, if four people are pointing, go ahead. Come yeah. up here. Here, come. Vince is here. You have to go to Vince. Vince. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's running in heels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Over guy. There. That guy. <laughs> Okay. Will you turn the house lights down? If she sees everyone, she'll freak out. Yeah. It's scary. Oh, hi. <laughs> hi, guys. <laughs> Can we turn them down? I swear, Thank it's you. so scary. Yeah. Thanks. There she is. Hi. 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 She walks out with her own microphone like she brought Hi, it. I'm Elizabeth. Hi, come in here. Oh, come my God. Here. 
What'd you say, Elizabeth? Yes. Hi. Hi. Hi, nice to meet Hi. you. Hi. Hi. Lovely. Hi. I love you. Oh, we all match. Thank you. <laughs> um, where are you from? West Palm Beach. Okay. Florida. You guys know it. Fancy, right? Not really. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's all we know about it on the <laughs> East Coast. West Coast? Where are we? <laughs> What's your hometown? So, this technically is not my hometown. It is my mother's. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> um, and this is the murder of Joseph Yablonski. Okay. okay. So, it's a Pennsylvania mining town. Okay. And it's like dying. Because of course it is. Yeah. And... They're starting to form like a miners union, but there's these two guys who want to be in charge of the miners union, and one of them is Joseph Yablonski, and the other guy is this guy whose name I don't remember, but like he's important, so remember him. You're okay. in the right place. <laughs> and so that night, the evil guy, the one whose name I don't know, goes, I want to hit on Joseph Yablonski, not like in a hot way, but like right. a kill him way. Right. And so... New Year's Eve, the hit takes place, I guess, to, like, cover up the gunshots or something. So, Joseph Yablonski is in his house. So is his wife and his 24-year-old daughter. Mm. So, the entire family is shot and killed, Whoa. execution style. Wow. And everybody in the miners' union goes, it's that guy. Yeah. Like, it's him. And they aren't found for four days till... The uh, sons come home. It's like oh, it was no. really bad. Yeah. Um, and so they, so everybody in the miners' union, like once they go back to work, they walk out and say the police need to investigate this. Get on that. And so, <laughs> police love it when you say that. <laughs> yeah, get on that. Get on that shit. Uh, I have a personal connection to this murder. My grandfather worked for the police station at that time. And also at the funeral home. What? Yeah, he, uh, he had two jobs. Okay. <laughs> he could do it all. Yeah. So, a little personal detail. But, <laughs> so, eventually they're like, they figure it out. Yeah. And it's like a giant deal in the town because somebody got straight up murdered. Yeah, a whole family. Like, a whole family yeah. got straight up murdered. But I bring up my grandfather because since he worked at the funeral home, the he has a special detail, and mm. the daughter was getting ready to go out for the night, and so she had her hair in curlers mm. when she was shot, mm. and so the blood dried, and they took it out when they found her, and it was, like, stuck there. Oh. oh awful. Um, that's, that's Joseph Yablonski. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, honey. Job. Thank you. Give it to Vin. Elizabeth, everybody. Yay. And she gets to keep that microphone. <laughs> Our gift to her. Oh, that was good. Yeah. I mean. Yikes. <clears throat> Stop bossing us around. <laughs> it's insane. <clears throat> you guys, this has been Tampa, thank you. Genuinely amazing oh, show. So much. Uh, like, Thank you so much. Um, it's, you know, it's so exciting to us when we tickets go on sale for our shows and then they sell out and everyone gets mad and there's all that. Like, it's such an exciting thing to try to do something like this yeah. and have such an amazingly strong response. We feel so lucky, genuinely, to be doing this as our job. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and I also want to say, and people kept asking us this, was Florida the town I wouldn't, the state I wouldn't come to? It no, was not it's ever. Not. I fucking was like, we're going to Florida because they have 
have so many murders. It was not Florida. You do. Ever. You really, it's your thing. So thank you so much for being yeah, here. Thank you. We've appreciated it so much. Thank you. And don't forget to stay sexy. And don't. Bye, you guys.